tip. Good afternoon. It is August 25th, 2021. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Levinos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? I am back on the East Coast. I had a great West Coast trip. I can see why you uh, you, you lived out there for a while. It was very sunny. It was very nice being by the water. But now we're back. Back to what's important. And as everybody knows, as you know, we are a huge baseball podcast. So let's start there. The Yankees are on an 11-game winning streak, swept the Red Sox last week, and are now in the lead for the main wild card. Red Sox are falling apart. What are your thoughts? Oh, now now we can talk baseball? I tried talking baseball when the Sox were doing great. But now that they're struggling, now we can talk about it. Sure. Yes, let's, now I would like to talk about this it, please. Has been, there's probably an hour over the past year that has just been cut from the podcast. And now now we're going to get it all in. We're going to open this podcast up, all right? It's a slow news day, and you're saying, yep, yeah, today's the day we're going to take some shots at Will. Let's let's let him have it. Oh, uh, you know, baseball's, baseball's heating up. You know, it's, it's the, you know, football hasn't started yet. Basketball's been over. I mean, it is prime baseball talking time. It'll still never make any sense to me how you are a New England Patriot fan, a Boston Celtic fan, and a New York Yankee fan somehow. Oh, uh, you know, just living right right on the border. <laughs> I know, but why why wouldn't you pick the Knicks? Oh, who wants to be a Knicks fan? I, I, that sounds terrible. So so it's purely just the era you grew up in. You were just bandwagon hopping from that era. Because the Red Sox, obviously, at, a, at our younger age, was much more than just a struggling franchise. It was essentially a franchise that had never won before. <laughs> well, at, at what point... Like, when do you have to make the decision before you be you're considered a bandwagon fan? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. I think I I was locked in by fourth grade. I'm sure you were locked. Fourth grade, I think, is when you'll start noticing kids aren't just wearing hats, but they're wearing hats they might have chosen, and that's more of just what I noticed kind of growing up. I was like, oh man, he's got this sweet Yankee hat. I guess he's a Yankee fan. It's like, oh yeah, I guess that that's exactly how that works. Actually, that's. I'm pretty sure everything was locked in by fourth grade. I'm pretty sure on, on Notre Dame. I think the only one might have been, I'm not sure if I knew about Duke basketball yet, but definitely by like sixth grade, I would have known about that. All right, we'll start the countdown. All, all you parents out there with kids, fourth grade, you know, you got until then to kind of shape up uh, an influence of a direction here. I know a lot of kids too that also don't follow their parents. Like they just saw something on TV that like a logo or something like that. Like I can think of at least two families where they have a kid who's just like, I just like the Broncos. It was like, why? It's like, I don't know. I just like the Broncos. Like, okay, that, that's fine. See, see, my dad was was smart, and he wanted me to root for the teams that he rooted for. And specifically in the summertime, there was the, you know, you can root for whatever team you want, but, uh, you know, we're listening to the Yankees right now, and if they win, we're getting ice cream. So that was a really, like, good way to get me into rooting for the Yankees before, like, I really understood what, what it was. So just, yeah, I'll root for this t- ice cream. What do you need me to do? Well, who needs who needs to win this game? Okay, yeah, I'm in. Just yeah. kind of went from there. Yeah, like I said, little column A, little column B, the podcast about baseball and parenting advice. We got everything you could ever want. Uh, let's let's talk about something we're a little bit more comfortable with. How about some How about some Celtics news? I want to talk Celtics culture. We, we've been talking Heat culture for a year or two now, and I don't know if that's fizzled out. And we've also been struggling as a as a Boston franchise to entice other people to look like an attractive destination for free agents and I think once again this year we struggle a little bit with that but we're taking care of the guys in-house we're doing everything we can to take care of them and I just wonder this is purely a culture move right we're, we're paying all these guys one because we really don't have any other option but two because I think we're trying to build a culture here we take care of guys 
we, we value them, and that's all this, these contract extensions are, right? We're, we're trying to build a culture. It, is it a culture? Is that the way you build a culture? I don't know. I'm not sure if this is something you build or you buy now. Because I look at the Nets. They just bought a culture. I think it's easy to build if you just get a guy like LeBron, too. I think it's hard to do what, what Milwaukee did, where you draft Giannis, and he's 6'8", and doesn't even know how to play basketball. And years later, he's a two-time MVP and now NBA champion. I think that's the way harder way to go about it. But we're the Celtics. I, I don't know if we should feel entitled to one direction or another. I think that what we're trying to do is let the, the let the Jays know, hey, we're serious about this. We're we've definitely locked in uh, a core. With we talked about it uh, last week, Marcus Smart got the extension, and then uh, a few days later, uh, Robert Williams he got an extension. He got a, a similar four year extension. Uh, obviously, obviously less money, but it's like okay. So for the foreseeable future, those are going to be four starters on the team. And it's, it's so tricky because you look at it and if it works, everyone goes, awesome. You did a great job. This, you, you built the culture, you built the culture. Like you said, you know, you see the Spurs, oh, you know, they never made trades mid season. You always kept the team together. They had success, but if it doesn't work, it's constantly, why aren't you making this team better? What is happening? Why are you just sitting on your hands? So I think we got to be careful on just judging it by the, by the results. I don't think we've paid anyone that we will immediately regret doing th those sort of financial financial situations too I, I don't think we've overpaid anyone i don't think we've done like I, I look at even like the knicks and their constant moves over the past two decades we'll say of just bad signings and bad free agent targets where they would just go after the the biggest fish never get it and then settle for something else i don't think we did anything quite like that i still think all the contracts we did actually are better than the julius randall contract that they just did right now i, I think that's a big chance so we didn't do that. It doesn't feel like that, despite the direction that we're doing. And if you were to summarize our offseason, it looks like we overpaid a lot of guys that aren't really big names at all. But but we have the two big names. We have the Jays. Like you said, we got those guys. I don't know what other moves we're supposed to make. We either try to get one of those guys or you try to put the best amount of people around those two guys that you can. Uh, the problem is, is the league is just really good. It's really good. Like we're being stuck with the guys we got because – Everyone else is somewhere else or everywhere. Everyone else already has a home. I think what's important to remember too is Marcus Smart is 27 and Robert Williams. This is his first real, real contract. And once these guys are off their rookie deal, you actually have to pay them some money. That's just, that's just how it works. And I think that, uh, you know, low teens for Robert Williams. I think that we could be looking this at this in a couple of years. And if he keeps performing well and keeps improving we're going to look at that as like oh okay this is cool we we don't have to pay i don't know how much is like clint capella making or somebody like that miles that Turner. Is a, a, yeah a, who is in a similar role of you're supposed to be a rim protector you know get offensive rebounds put him back in but you're not really a we're going to run plays for you you're just more of more of a hustle guy so i think that you're you're, you're rewarding young guys it's not i mean you look at like Chris Paul's extension. It's like, man, I mean, he he keeps over uh, over delivering, but at some point it's going to fall off a cliff. Where I don't think either of these guys are just going to fall off a cliff. I, obviously, injuries could could happen to anybody, but I think that keeping this this nucleus together is, is smart, and it keeps 
all it, they're all Celtics. They've always all been Celtics. These aren't other guys that we've brought in. So kind of keeping that, hey, we're drafting you. We're keeping you around. We did this successfully. And I just hope that this isn't Brad Stevens' new GM syndrome that, well, I got to do something. No one wants to trade with me. Okay, I'll just sign extensions. So I hope that uh, everything everything's all good there. Our biggest concern is that it's a half measure in that we – we aren't super young, and we aren't paying. If you're super young, you're not paying anyone. You have talent now. You have, you have a deal. You have a deal on, on contract wise because you have somebody who, like Luca over the past whatever years before this big super max he just signed. I mean, what a deal is that? This guy's on a rookie deal, and you're getting all star, borderline MVP numbers out of him. I feel like we 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 skipped that phase. We're we're no longer in that phase anymore. And now we're at the phase where all right, we got to pay guys, and we got to hope that they're worth paying, and that we're building something here and i don't know what we're building it feels like we're like i said we're, it's a bit of a hat measure where we're really not paying a bunch of the top dog guys but i don't know who else we could be paying for that you know we're not we're i not was bu- more interested in the 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 josh richardson extension that was just one year but that one seemed like it might have been a little premature of he's under contract for this year do we really need to like to lock that down right away we couldn't have done that mid mid-season just kind of see how he fits with the team. He's he's one of the, the new guys coming in where the other guys that got extensions have been here a while. That was one that jumped out at me more than the other two. Well, hopefully with a lot of returning Celtics, that'll end up being a strength. I, I think everyone's working towards being a veteran and experienced roster, and that's a lot easier if you bring back a lot of the people. You can kind of grow that same chemistry. I, I look at the NFL, we'll transition over into that, and the Bucks just have such an advantage of – literally bringing back everybody from last year not just roster wise but i think they brought all the coaching staff everybody's back i think that's such a huge advantage there's so much less to figure out it's so much easier to trust teammates and other people and have kind of this resilience almost connection around everyone just because we did it last year i i I know you're good enough to get it done because we all did it last year and you carry that confidence into the next year a, a little wrench into into that is that an issue? I think it was, I'm trying to remember if it was, if it was the bulls or definitely some, some nineties basketball. I've, I've heard uh, Bill Simmons and other guys like that talking about it of the, you won the championship. And even if you do bring anybody back, you're almost better off not bringing any, everybody back, bringing back somebody else that hasn't won a championship to push the guys that it's just, Hey, you, you guys won this. I haven't yet. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And is there not, I mean, not concerned about any sort of complacency of, oh, well, we won this last year. Well, do I really have to work as hard as I did last year? I, I don't, I don't think that's what Tom Brady's doing. And I'm thinking more than, oh yeah, we brought everybody back is you're bringing Tom Brady back. That's, that might be the only thing you need. Look, the, the growing pains of Tom Brady are, are pretty much non-existent, but they they were there last year because it was a new situation. There was definitely growing pains between him and the coach. There was definitely struggles throughout the whole season. But it wasn't until the end of the year, and especially now a proven successful playoff run, that this guy's the real deal. Like, yeah, let's just let's just follow Tom. He's got the right agenda for everyone. And, and I think they they assigned roles. I think people had the right roles, and it was successful roles. And all of those roles just need to maintain this year. I, I don't know if anyone's going to be demanding. I mean, look at the guys that they got back that turned down a whole bunch of money. You're telling me these guys are going to turn down money and then suddenly be – Little divas at, at at training camp, like you're saying, that they're going to be like, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm, I want to try this week or anything like that. I, I really think 
this was a two-year deal. I think when Brady signed last year, he told everyone, I don't care what your contract is next year. We're going to win it all this year, and then we're going to run it back next year. If it doesn't work out the next year, bygones be bygones. You could do whatever you want. But this feels like this was in a prior agreement of, of everyone being aware. Like, he wants two years out of everyone, and he's getting two years out of everyone. And I just think that's such a huge advantage across the league right now where I look at all these new coaches, all these new rookie quarterbacks having potential starts, all these rookie coaches – as well as veteran coaches like in Green Bay right now where they have all their own problems unrelated to rookies. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's a huge advantage. And I don't know. I don't know who. I can't really convince myself to talk into liking another team more than the Bucks right now. Is, is there another team that stands out for you? Well, once the summer, I'm going to call it, has ended and actual football has started. I really haven't heard much about issues with Aaron Rodgers and the, the Packers. Have you? Have I just missed that? I just don't think you can close that. Like Once that can of worms is open, that's that's out there. And you can act like nothing's wrong, and he, he's probably still going to be really good at football because he is. I, I just think at some point you're going to hit some adversity, and this team's not going to be able to handle it because they're not – they're not really united. It's like a fake united thing for one year. And maybe you can be super professional and play through that. But I just haven't seen that done before. I'd be really impressed if it happens. And then that's just kind of where we're at. At least where I'm at. I just would have thought if it, if, it was really, if it was really bad that there would be talk about it. Well, I'm sure that part of the agreement of coming back was we're just not going to talk about this anymore because that's not going to help. But you're telling me you're going to be able to keep these guys quiet the whole year? Rodgers doesn't have one bad game, or if Rodgers has one game where he clearly loses because of a bad coaching call or something like that? I, I just wonder, these are potential things that could arise, and both both these sides aren't very happy with one another. I, I, I'm sure they're happy to just be back for whatever the one year here, but there's actual problems, I think, between the, the, the organization and Rodgers, and they're not just going to go away. We can act like they're not I there. don't think you can... Uh... I don't think you can overlook the uh, the Chiefs in the coming out of the uh, the AFC. I think they've lost some depth. I'm not sure that's the same team coming in. If you ask me, that's the team that looks more worn out. They got, they and got Patrick Mahomes. They got Patrick Mahomes. That's what's important. Yeah, I I I, I agree. They got Hill and Kelsey are great. They they have some solid running backs. I, uh, Hilaire, I don't know how where where he falls this year in the fantasy drafts. I think he was a bit of a disappointment last year, but that's kind of the risk you take with a rookie running back, especially on such a quality team. I mean, it, it's not like they weren't getting offense from someone else. They're like, oh, we got to give it to Hilaire Edwards more, you know, to get some more points. It's like, well, we're we're scoring a lot of points with a lot of other guys. It's, I think his role should be increased a little bit more this year. That maybe they'll trust him a little bit more, not being a, a rookie. But. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're a good team, but it's hard to do this. This back-to-back thing is super hard, and the Chiefs. I think they came in. They were the favorites. They were supposed to win the Super Bowl, and I bet Patrick Mahomes has been watching all the videos, and it'll be – I could see it being similar to when the Spurs lost to Miami, and then the whole next year it was, we're going back, and we're, we're getting them this year. And it could, it, could be, it could be a rematch, but talking about – who is – I got a Super Bowl ring. All right, yeah, I'm pretty good. To, I was this close, and I didn't make it, whatever it takes this year. That would be fun to watch. I would love to see just a dominant numbers-breaking season. Like like, like the, the Curry season, I think that's coming up around the corner here. 
I, I would love to just see him just go for all the records again, all all the numbers. I want to see the most threes, most touchdowns in a season. Like give me give me all that. I, I want to see these guys shine as high as they can. Like I, I think that we have a shot at that. I'm just not sure if it's going to amount to the same amount of wins. I, you got a big target on your back, and your team. There's no way this team can be improved. Like they're they've lost guys. I don't think they made any major additions. I mean, maybe you add another year of you know just experience to everyone. But the NFL is hard. It's hard to make the playoffs consistently like that. I mean, I look at someone like the Steelers who who haven't had like a huge success in the playoffs recently. But Tomlin's only missed the playoffs one year. I think that's out of like sixteen years. Like that's that's crazy. You got to remember too the. Buccaneers made the the Super Bowl coming from the fifth seed, so you could you could chalk that up to new system. And this year it'll be it'll be better, but there's definitely was some Brady magic in the playoffs that that made that run possible. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. I feel like their division is set up for the Bucks to. I feel like Brady left when the AFC division was perfect for him, and now he's walked into an even better situation. But the teams he'll be facing weekly over there. No more Drew Brees. No more Drew Brees. I mean, Sean Payton, absolutely still an intimidating coach. I'm sure they can make some noise. I mean, I'm fascinated by the Winston and uh, and Hill project here. I don't know how this can all work out. Lots of buzz and rumors <laughs> about this. And I, I just got to sit back and watch. I promise you it'll be entertaining because it's either going to be awesome Winston or 50-50 Winston. And either way, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. I, I'm not it's that. Be fun. I'm not that intimidated by any of the other teams either. But I, th- like I said, they're just a really experienced team. A, a couple teams that I think we should kind of put on the radar right now that I think are going to kind of slowly take over the NFL is I think LA is about to take over football. I really do. I, I think there's always been all these rumors like, oh, we're going to bring LA to fo- football to LA and they're going to love it and care about. It. I think this is this might be the year where that actually happens. They're going to get the new stadium finally. They got a new quarterback. They got McVay. They got they got a lot of good things working for them for the Rams wise. I think the Chargers also have a super young, exciting quarterback and an offense that again will be entertaining to watch. Watch out for LA this year. It could be a sneaky NFL city going forward, and we'll be like, well, oh, what, what was it like before that? Come on, you you lived in Southern California. I just came from there. There's too much, too many things going on to be super concerned about football yeah but we've also when, been when told we can't season, do anything for two years now. when it was football season you you could still go to the you could still go to the beach you got all sorts of nice things you can do out here it's gonna be cold you, 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 there's nothing else to do besides watch football i'm telling you put it on your radar you're, you're gonna notice you're gonna notice some noise it's it's gonna be like oh wow these guys all are right. on monday night again here we go both la teams or one specifically I mean, I'm going to put the Rams as a, as a significant favorite over over this, but I I do think the Chargers can kind of have this underdog season, and they're going to be the little brother. But I, I think they they have a chance to be a, a good football team this year, which they haven't been able to say for a while. I mean, that was the big problem with a lot of these teams being in LA and, and the San Diego teams; they just weren't good. Like when when the Chargers were good, I think people cared. Did you see the the Sony Michelle trade this morning? I did see that. That is a little concerning for the Rams. I thought it was a great trade for the the Patriots, though. I'll take two second rounds. Really? We're, oh, we're good at running no, back. We're it's set. Two. two second rounds. No, no, no. But it's it's two conditional uh, picks. It's most likely one in the in the fifth and another in the sixth. 
That's fine. That's fine. We're set at running back. I we promise just you. drafted this guy. Didn't we just draft him in the first round like two years ago? And and he we drafted him right before we could have Lamar Jackson instead. He got us to a Super Bowl. And he had some really big playoff games. He won us the one the one year. I thought he was great in a lot of the games leading up to it. And and that's that's all right. I, I feel I'm telling you we're set at running back. We we, we got guys. We're, we're, right. we're like five deep right now. I, I'm telling you, we're not going to miss Tony Michelle. What's what's your level of concern that Cam accidentally? I forgot the exact wording, but he like accidentally tested positive for COVID, but it was an off-site test or something. So he's out this week. Is, are, are we concerned, or it's he's a veteran? It doesn't matter. It might actually be better because it gives the young Mac attack more time to get first-team reps. Well, Mac's gonna get a shot with the number ones. That's that may be, you know, you hand somebody the keys to, you know, just kind of test drive the car. He might not ever oh, hand it is, back. Oh, is Cam is Cam getting Wally pipped right now? I I think I just think this is these are sort of the weird opportunities. This feels very much like the Bledsoe Brady thing, where it's like this doesn't make any sense. Like what we've been, we were all right with Bledsoe. I know I know we weren't weren't exactly competing for Super Bowls, but you know we were. We were competing. They were going to bring in this rookie we know nothing about. Is whatever pick in Michigan, and we know nothing about it. I, we know so much more about Mac Jones, and I, and I think we're going to hold him to such a higher standard of that. It's I'm going to trust Belichick. Whatever decision he makes is going to be the right decision. I mean, who are we to really judge That's that true. that kind of decision? But I do think the window is open right now, and if we look back at it, and 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 Cam doesn't even play at all this year, it, it's it's going to be because of something as minor as this, of just a small window where. Mac was able to play with the number ones. It looked pretty good, which it's looked pretty good so far. And you said, you know what? What are we waiting for? Let's just roll with this. I mean, let's 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 play this out right now. Best case scenario for Cam Newton in the long run here is what? We give him a big contract at the end of the year? Like what what are we oh, hoping he's not for? A big contract. What are we hoping for with Cam? We're hoping that he can stall long enough that we can play someone else. And if that stall is over now, then it's over now. I I, I don't know. I mean, if Mac's not ready, he's not ready. I just don't know what we're hoping for out of Cam. We're like, yes, let's play the veteran. He'll get us some early starts and you know some wins here, and maybe we'll have a first round exit of the playoffs. We're we're not playing for a first round exit. We're playing to win the damn thing. And if Mac in the long run has a better chance at that, then then let's just get to it. Let's let's just let's just do it. I I stand by my week four prediction though. I I just seen that. I think that just writes the best storylines for everyone. Half, half time. Do you want to hear my uh, my embarrassing fantasy football mistake that I made? Did you draft the wrong Brandon Marshall? No, <laughs> no, I haven't. Dra- I haven't drafted yet. No mock drafts yet. I'm still woefully behind, clearly. But in one league that I'm in, this is the first year that we're doing uh, doing keepers. I've been in this league for uh, I don't know five or six years now, and so last year we decided there's going to be keepers so you could draft accordingly. And then the way we're doing it is it's where they were drafted last year. You lose that round. So it adds a little bit of strategy of you just don't grab the best player on your team. You can kind of look and go, all right, do I want to lose my number one pick, but I I get to keep Christian McCaffrey, or maybe you find a a rookie, you know, young guy in the later rounds that is maybe third or fourth round this year, but you don't have to give up. You know, you, you can usually use the value accordingly. So, they got a hold of me when I was on vacation. I let them know, hey, you know, this is a little complicated. When I get back, uh, I'll look into it. So 
Monday, I go to look into it. I pull up the draft from last year, look through, reached out to you. Hey, what do you think about this? Should I go for, you know, Zeke right at the top or maybe some of these guys down low? I said, ooh, CeeDee Lamb. He's going, you know, in the 20s this year. I drafted him in the in the 14th round last year. Last pick before I'm going defense and kicker. That's what I'm going with. Awesome. Cool. I send it in. They do the, uh, the draft order, announce the keepers. <laughs> Then the next day, a guy uh, messages in the league, hey, uh, somebody kept C.D. Lamb, right? Yeah, yeah, Zach did. Yeah, he was on my team last year. Yeah, I drafted him, and then he was bad at the beginning of the year, and I dropped him, and I never picked him back up. He wasn't even on my team at the end of the year. Wow. Breaking rules left and right. Not even knowing you are breaking rules here. Un- un- Not even knowing I was breaking rules. It seems like everybody's cool and uh, just making uh, – I'm just picking somebody else, but I thought for sure there might be some sort of penalty of just, no, you messed up. You tried to keep a player that wasn't on your team. You just don't get a keeper. Or I was going to lose my, my pick or something. Well, a little, little fancy shame doesn't, doesn't hurt. You know, humble yourself early. Maybe you'll be rewarded later. It's uh, let's just hope for that. That's that, that's what, that's what I'm hoping. But uh, that that's my fantasy football update. So as you can tell, since last uh, last podcast, I am really not in any better position. All right, last podcast, I gave you a couple names of some fantasy strategies. I stand by all those names. I've done some more research. I I really feel like I knocked it out of the park last time. So I don't really want to repeat. Oh, it. you have more fantasy football advice. I do have some more fantasy football advice. Oh, we would. I mean. The fans, not me. The fans <laughs> would definitely love to hear more of your fantasy football advice. All right, these are these are warnings. These these isn't this is advice. This is just be careful. Tread carefully with these teams and with these players. Stay away from all the rookie quarterbacks. Every single one of them. Just just stay away. I'm telling you, there, maybe one of them pops and it's great, but the rest of them, it's just gonna be a struggle the whole year. I don't think any of them are going to great situations with strong teams around them. I feel like they're go all going in too early. There's there's interesting situations like Chicago where for some reason Andy Dalton is going to start off, and we know very similar to what I just said about Cam Newton where that's going to go. But stay away from all the rookie quarterbacks. Generally, I would say take a chance on somebody late. But tr- truthfully, there's really no there's no reason to draft a, a rookie quarterback at a, at a high thing. If it's super late and you don't have one, sure, go for it. But there's there's really not that You're many not good. Seeing- you're not seeing any similarities with uh, what happened with Justin Herbert last year, where if you drafted him, you would have been in good shape. I, I do think there are some quarterbacks that might be as good as Justin Herbert, but Herbert walked into like a pretty solid situation without, I mean, first of all, he wasn't even supposed to get the start. Let's, let's go back. It was supposed to be Bridgewater. Bridgewater has the weird, like his lung gets punctured in the pregame as a trainer is trying to administer some medicine and then he can't play week one, and then Herbert takes over and never gives the job back. Like that's that's how this played out. He, this is he was supposed to be a backup. He wasn't supposed to be starting here. It was supposed to be with Teddy Bridgewater's team, and I, I I just thought it was a decent team with, and it would have been a decent team with Bridgewater too. I was glad to see that Bridgewater is going to be starting with the Broncos because what you just described has to be one of the worst, weirdest things to happen. Of right before the game, yeah, you said you're getting some sort of treatment. And the doctor accidentally punctures your lung. Like, you're How supposed to be happen? on the same team. I I would I, sue like the for an NFL career's amount of money for this because 
for one, the Chargers luck out because they find out that Herbert is the real deal, and they find out immediately. This could have easily blown up in their face where they're like, all right, well, Herbert stinks. We just wasted a pick on that. We're, we'll be with Bridgewater when he gets back, and hopefully he's still cool with it because we totally burned that bridge. And they avoid all of it. They, they, they went out with all this. But, yeah, it's super unfortunate for Bridgewater. I talked last podcast about how I would draft anybody on Denver, anyone on the Denver offense, any of those receivers. I'm not sure if I would go full out with Bridgewater, but I look at some of the, the success they had in Carolina last year with Moore and who's the other one? It was Moore and uh, DJ Moore and who's the other Carolina receiver last year? It was good. Uh, Robbie Anderson. I, I think mm-hmm. Denver has guys like that that you would draft in the third or fourth round or maybe even later for wide receivers, and they're just going to be easy plays. You can rely and trust on them all year. Reliable guys. That's exactly the type of fantasy guys you want. Reliable guys that are affordable. And I think Denver's going to have a lot of those guys. Uh, I already talked up L.A. I think you're going to want some some guys on those teams as well. I, I, I really just want to talk about the rookie quarterbacks. I, I would stay away from all of them. And then I would stay away from anybody on Dallas. I'm staying away from Dallas. I, 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 it's a, that's a no-draft team for me. I don't want Zeke. I don't want Dak. And I think with, with both of those guys being question marks, I don't want anyone around them either. Like, what, what am I hoping for? If those are the two main guys... I can't really trust and rely. Why? Why would I want anyone else? So th- I'm I'm on board with you there. Uh, just because they're on hard knocks. Every time I watch hard knocks, I get suckered in because you get to see the practice and just you hear all of the good things about how things are going to be different this year. And you know, oh man, yeah, this guy's looking pretty good. And you see what they're doing practice, and you get into their personal lives a little bit, so you got a little bit of a rooting interest. And I can't be the only one. So I think those guys always go a little bit higher to a lot higher than they should. Cause Oh, I watched hard knocks and I'm seeing like this, this rookie. Oh, he's, he's going to be awesome. And just, you know what? Just stay away. Stay away. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see it. I watched some of the hard knocks. It's, it has been a better season. I I don't think they're, <laughs> they're it's the Cowboys. They're, there's there's just an enormous amount of excitement, just naturally, and you could feel that when watching the show and kind of just the I, I don't know level of star power with some of the guys on here. Like like Dak's been good. Well, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with uh, if Dak's able to play or not. And the, the the fact that we're even questioning that now at this late in the year, I guess isn't that concerning? Like, I, I, oh, I definitely the, and. And, and the thing, too, is that it's because of, uh, I think it's a shoulder. It's a shoulder or an arm, something upper body. So nothing to do with that horrific ankle injury that he had last year. Stay away from Dallas. That, that's, that's all I got for fantasy advice today. We'll have to save some more for uh, maybe maybe one more week. We're, we're getting close, though. What are we got? We're doing drafts this weekend and next weekend. So I got I to gotta make sure I get all my tidbits out there. It's definitely coming up fast. I really got to get my act together. Uh, one thing that we, we've kind of touched on a little bit, and now that the season's here for the NFL, I, I, I would rather get your – let's get your opinion on, on something here. We're doing 17 games this year, right? So we added the game. Yep. Do you think that makes it more rewarding, like the best team is more likely to win now or less likely? Because this feels even more like a survival season, more than it already is, of which – more games, more injuries, less likely to win. And it's just really a crapshoot of staying healthy either way. But I feel like by adding this other game, 
I, I feel like we're just asking for a hell of a lot more injuries and a lot sloppier teams in the playoffs or, or maybe some underdog stories to happen in the playoffs, which is also great. But I, I don't know. I, are we all right with the 17 games? I feel like it was just more money, more football, that everybody happy. But I, I'm getting a little concerned right now. All right. There's already a lot of injuries in this in this game. It's it's an easy thing to just destroy a season overnight over one injury. So do we like in real football or fantasy football? Uh, real football. We're doing 17 games this year. We, we added a game. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But I was I was wondering when you were saying oh. it being harder, saying is it harder for actual NFL teams or harder as a fantasy manager to, to deal with it? I suppose a little bit of both, but I was really just talking about the NFL. I, I just think it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. It's There's a million things that can go wrong, and it's not an easy thing. You need, to, you need a lot of things to go your way, and I think you're hoping for that even more now with the additional game. I'm wondering if towards the end of the season, if there's more resting that happens. There has uh, to be. One game doesn't impact it a ton, but if those, rather than it just being week 16, there's not much going on. Is it week 15, 16, and 17? There's definitely teams that are have their position wrapped up and you know some, some guys are sitting or only playing a half and not full full rosters with full lineups. Well, we'll wait and see. It's a concern I'm saying right now. If by week eight, half the teams are already eliminated from championship contention because they're already injured, I, I just I, I don't know if this was necessarily the right decision. It, it feels a little forced. It feels like we're trying to catch up to make some money that we lost out on last year, and and we're all going to pay for it in some way. I, I just don't know if this is going to give us the quality of product that we were hoping for. There's a lot of good NFL it's teams this year, and it'd be a real shame. It's- it's going to happen, though. We, we know it's going to happen. I, I wish that they had started a, a week earlier rather than extended it a week later, but that's just a little nitpick. Well, maybe they change that going forward. Uh, speaking of some changes here, uh, there's there's some college football changes happening as well, and this is much more than just college football. I believe these are just general conference alliances happening. I, I can't get into all this stuff. It, it just seems like they're constantly just – run into whatever looks better and that's fine whatever whatever makes them the most money it doesn't really affect me i'm sure it affects other people a lot more but what what are the real changes that are happening here and why why are we talking about it so the sec recently added some some new teams and i think that there is some concern that they are going to turn into like maybe the premier league of all the conferences. And so there'll be the sec and then there'll be tiny little leagues. And so they're definitely the, the other power power five conferences are definitely concerned. So the, the big 10, the ACC and the PAC 12 formed an alliance. What does that mean? Well, we're not totally sure, (laughs) but I think it's a sort of agreement that says, Hey, we're not going to try to take teams away from each other. Uh, maybe make an agreement that we're none of us are going to go to the SEC, no matter how much money they throw at us, and are making some agreements on some inner conference games. And I wonder, and this is focused mainly on football and women's and men's basketball. So the I'm going to call it the 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 premier college college sports. So I think what it might be is. They might play hardball with the SEC, and so the alliance is, okay, you know, if you are North Carolina, 
you can play Oregon, but we're asking you really nicely to not play Alabama. <laughs> I'm thinking that's kind of the idea of like, Hey, let's try to keep the money here so we can compete. And I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I think that is the, the reason for it. All right. There's a lot of money in this sport, right? There, there there's, there's money, money out there, right? There, there's, there's a lot of smart people in this. There's a lot of hard decisions that get made every year between the rankings and the scheduling and, and all that. I understand this is a complicated monster here. This is not an easy fix, but can we all just agree that there has to be a better way to do this than what we're doing right now? This just seems just recklessly spontaneous for, for no reason other than we can get a quick little inch off of this of a separation off of our other competition here. I, I don't really see the huge advantage of it. I don't really see why we're doing it. It, it just seems super greedy and, and overcomplicated for, for no real gain. And I don't I, like I think it. it's similar to we. I don't like it. Well, I, I think uh, what, what I come what, what was the European uh, soccer league? What were they going to call it? The super duper league. It was actually just the super I league, think, but we called it the super I, duper league. I think league. they were the super league. I think this is there. There's a chance of creating the super duper league for colleges. And I think you are, you, you're right of, What's good for the biggest schools and the biggest conference? Would it be best for them to have premier matchups every week? Yes. But I agree with you as the fan, especially with college, the different conferences, they play both football and basketball. They play a little bit differently. And it's, it's cool that there are, it's not just one big league and more like the NBA of, okay, you're going to have, an LA team fly into to Florida. It's like, no, no, the East coast teams kind of play each other and then it goes up in a, in a championship or in March madness, they play against each other or non-conference, but in conference, we all know each other. We play each other every year. There's rivalries, there's history. And I think that a lot of college has to do with that. And when you kind of mix this all up, I think that colleges in general, college sports, it's a little precarious right now with the name, image, and likeness and the future. I just hope they don't get so greedy that they, they mess it up for everybody and it just allows a minor league system to just come up and it's more like minor league baseball where, yep, that's good for the major league teams and maybe it's better than, than the college system, but not as near as many people are watching minor league baseball as are watching these, uh, these, these college sports. I think we have to reward these these rivalries, though. These are, I mean, I mean, think about it. College football is such a season where you lose a couple games and you're not you're no longer really in the the competition anymore. But, you know, you lose you lose three games early, you're done. Your season's pretty much over. You're done. Yeah. It, it's it's you lose over. One game, you might be done. But but you know what? You know what you could still do that year, and you know what you guys can all root for. You know what that whole school is going to be behind for that senior night game where your your rival comes home into town for just one last time. You can get up for that game. You can only get up for that game, and that game can only mean anything to anyone if it's an actual rivalry. Otherwise, you don't care. I mean, sure, you want to win, but once your season's over, you really only want to play to destroy other seasons. And It's way more fun yeah. to destroy rivalry seasons than just any old schmo out there. And, and you're going to lose many, that with this. How many college football games do you think you'll watch this year? Uh, how, how many rounds are the playoffs now? <laughs> Still just four. It's still just four. I'll probably watch four. No, so there's, so there's, no. Well, no, no, no. There's four teams. Yeah, I'll put so it. I'll put it at. Uh, I'll put it at under under. 
I'll, I'll give you seven games this year. There'll probably be seven games I tune in. Seven games. Okay. Because usually they have some, they, they schedule well where those Saturday night games are usually some pretty premier games and they're, they're fun to watch as there's not a ton competing with it there, before, before the NBA starts and college basketball starts. There's always the, there's nothing on right now. And there's some weird college game that's in like triple overtime that that'll catch my attention that I'll end up watching and be like, Oh, this is awesome. This is great. But that's that's kind of like a hard schedule. Like I didn't schedule to go do that. That I was like, all right, it's what Saturday night. This Hawaiian game's on right now. Let's let's put that on. That's that that may be one of the seven. <laughs> all right, two two more questions for you. One: Will you be choosing a college football team to root for this year? I, I don't know. It's <laughs> can I just choose a conference? Maybe that'll change enough times. You know, I'll just get more wins no, off that. No, that is super lame. You can't do that. That <laughs> I'm, I'm is like super yeah, duper conference twenty twenty two champs forever. That's even worse. You're just gonna root for the SEC. <laughs> no, that's that's way worse. Ugh, that is so gross. All right, I'm gonna move on to question two because that answer was no. Uh, question two: If I get a tailgate situation going to a college football game, would you be interested in partaking in that? Yeah, I just don't know what direction this country's going in right now. These large events, outdoors or outdoors or not, we're in a we're in a weird spot. I can't say I feel super comfortable doing everything right now, and I I don't know. I just worry about these colder weather seasons right now, where your immune system does weaken a little bit. But yeah, no, you know what? I, I'm I'm interested. I, you know, you could I could be enticed. I like tailgating. Hey, hold on, I feel like you 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 preface this and it had to be with cold weather. So are you just this isn't so much of a COVID thing as you're using COVID as a way to make sure that I don't make this plan in November. So you just, you just don't want to stand in the cold. Is that more what it is? I was told I got at least another 12 months out of using COVID for every excuse I want to use in the world. And you are just <laughs> taking it away from me 12 months earlier than anyone gave you permission for. This is, this is not what I agreed to. This was the only good thing of like, oh, I'd love to go out. But, you know, COVID, it, it's just <laughs> I just get out of whatever plans. It's like it's like anytime you want to get out of the party, like I got to go walk the dog. It, it doesn't matter what time or when's the last time you did it. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that that, that seems right. You've been here for yeah, that makes sense. any oh, amount okay. of time. Yeah, it's, like, it's I can't hard. argue with this. I got to go walk the dog. And and I'm going to pull the COVID excuse a couple more times. But the weather thing is real. I mean, that's that's for sure real. I, I had a awful summer over here. Between rain every day, we just dodged a hurricane, which I, I, it rained for two days, heavy rain. And I'm excited because we didn't lose power and the winds didn't reach 90 miles per hour like they anticipated. Like this, this is the joyful part of the week when it's like, cool, the hurricane missed us. Must be a good day. Like this, yeah, this is where I go. live. This is this is where we're at. No, no earthquakes today. Yeah, I think it's a success. Oh man, it's it's already happening too. We got people asking for Oktoberfest at the restaurant. It's 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 already here. Summer's summer's oh, gone. Man. How can you drink? How can you drink Oktoberfest when you're sweating? I just can't do it. I need I need to at least have a hoodie on for Oktoberfest. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. It it does. It's it just tastes better when it's cold, as well as the uh, the large amount of calories and fillingness of it looks better with a jacket on. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, well, right. You know. Yeah, not exactly working on your beach bod with a big old uh, pint of Oktoberfest here. <laughs> ah, I, I hear you. You know, unless you're going for like that uh, that Lebowski Thor thing from uh, from Endgame. Hmm. True. You know, I wonder if that that's uh, that, a real commitment. 
<laughs> it's a real commitment. That's a dedicated individual. Yeah. Uh, speaking of some some dedicated individuals here, now Draymond Green's had quite the off season as well as Kevin Durant here, both uh, having. I guess Draymond didn't have much of a playoff run at all, but uh, Kevin Durant did, and then they go off to the Olympics and they they win gold. There's some controversy there that we've already covered on past podcasts, but I didn't I didn't know this was going to be happening. But they have a sit down where they actually interview each other, and this is a bit of old news. I don't really want to get to it. I I really want to talk about players interviewing players, and I, I'm seeing this more and more often, and I'm seeing people like Jackie McMullen retire from writing. I, I'm seeing shows on ESPN like The Jump be canceled, all for a variety of different reasons, and I, and I just wonder, like, at what point do players just start doing everything? Like, it's just players doing players, and this is just a player's league now. Literally run by players. Are, are we getting closer to that? I, I think we are. We're get, getting closer. I I, I wasn't very interested in the in in the interview, but I know that a lot of people are, and especially if you're a Warriors fan, I could see being interested, despite how torturous I would imagine it was. But I, I just I, I think I, I'm trying to decide. Like, is it is it good for the players to not have any that you could just do it on your own? But is it good for us as the consumers? Of you, I don't think you're going to get all of the information. Or are we not getting all the information now? So it really doesn't matter. Well, I I ask you, I mean, this is this is much more of just how do you get your news? I feel like that's a problem with today's society and culture in general of just the news is targeted to people that like the stuff they're talking about, you know? So if you're interested in something and you agree with something, you're going to go online and find more people that like and agree with you. I, I, I And that's how you can get your news. It's, it's not the most even way to do it, but... I feel like even when you turn on the channel, you know what channels are, are going to agree with you and what channels are more likely to upset you or make you disagree. And and then that's fine. But I just, how many other news sources do you go straight from the source like this and you just take it all and just, just trust it? Like, this is it. This is straight from the horse's mouth. What more could you want? Because we know there's more to these stories. There has to be. There's no way it was this simple. And then there's no way if the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr had any say in this at all that they would have been all right with them just blaming them for everything. Like, like these two didn't hold any responsibility in this at all. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's real easy to do. Uh, yeah, you know the guys that aren't here? It was their fault. So He totally would have been fine. I do see some flaw in this. Of, of there's, there's probably flaws in all the news, like I, I mentioned earlier. I, I do want to say I don't want every single player – in the world to be doing this because I, I do think Draymond actually is is pretty good at this. I've seen him on TNT. He really fits in. I think he's good at bizarrely controlling his emotions on, on this and being very serious when he needs to be serious and a little loose when he needs to be loose. It's such a weird thing to see a guy so controlled on what I assume is a very high-pressure interview. I mean, even being on the TNT crew, there's only four or five of you, and you, you got four or five people to distract some attention from you. But when you're talking – Cameras on you. There, there's nothing else. You got to come deliver. And I think even with a two-on-two like this, it's the same thing. It's, it's, if you don't have anything to say, it's very much like our podcast right now. If I don't know what to say or you don't know what to say, well, we're gonna struggle right now. This <laughs> something well, needs well, to happen. Hold on. I know that they are NBA All Stars, but I mean, they don't have their own podcast. They haven't been doing this for years. We're the veterans. They're the rookies, and we're doing this live. We got to figure this out on the fly. You think that that was live? No way. Oh, that is, there was so much editing going on there. They probably had a bunch of dead air. 
we do have one live listener right now. Shout out to them. I I, I don't know who it is. I, I could probably look it up, but it's, I just have a number count. I don't look at the names. Uh, yeah, one take. This is it. This is it. We, we hit we hit go and we do that. We we don't even rehearse anymore. There used to be like a, a prep talk and all, and all that. Now we just we, we go right into it. One take. Because we're professionals. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting we're up. Amateur on, professionals. We're we're about two months shy of uh, of six years, man. It's, it's gonna be. I think it's October. It's been a good run. October twelfth, twenty fifteen. So I think it's the first one. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's been a while. We we traveled from coast to coast here. We've we've done shows where I've been on the west coast, and now we've done shows where you've been on the west coast, and I've been on the east coast. <laughs> and zero podcast together. Yeah, we've done we've done zero podcasts in person together. This is. We don't know how to figure out the technology. If if only we'd invented Zoom like five years ago, you know, we would have been uh, we've been all right. We wouldn't have been doing a podcast anymore. <laughs> we just would have talked to each other. It just wouldn't have been recorded. <laughs> oh man. Well, I I mentioned. Uh, you know what? Let's talk. Uh, you want to talk some robots? You and some drone stuff here. Well, what's the deal with the with that? Did you see that uh, Elon Musk and Tesla are creating a robot? No, but I, I kind of assume all the big tech companies are building some sort of artificial intelligence. Oh, it's beyond that now. It is called TeslaBot, and it looks exactly like the robots from iRobot. Uh, just a lot of... Did you watch any movies and see what happens? These, these, This is for sure not, not going to work, but... He's going to be doing it, so it's going to be coming out next year. When the Tesla bot comes out, would you like a Tesla bot in your home? I, I'm i pretty low maintenance. I mean, a, a Roomba vacuum would be an enormous amount of help to my daily, daily kind of stuff right now. I don't know if I need help with really anything else. I, I feel like, if anything, you're just making me a lazier person at some point here. Like, what, what, is it, what is it too much of a convenience, and it's just like, yeah, you're just lazy now. See, my concern is I know how generally nice people treat Alexa when it's just a little, you know, just a little disc. But if there's this robot that you can do the same thing to, how quickly does how people talk on the Internet just go into real life? Because you're just used to talking to a human-like thing terribly, and then you're doing it to regular people. And do we just, do we think that, the like Twitter social media soup that we wade through is bad. Just imagine the future, and like we're not even at the, the bottom rung yet. I I've got phrases for for my uh my Google Home over here. I'll I'll, I'll yell out some phrases. I I have a I have I have a phrase when I said I'm I'm going away. I don't want to say it right now. I'm leaving, and everything will turn off, and and Google will say, okay, have a good day, Will, and and I like that. That's kind of nice. It's a nice touch. It's, I don't get a lot of conversation. I live alone here. This is, this is an essential okay. part. Maybe I qualify for the robot here. You know, can't, can't, can't find a girlfriend, can't get a pet. You know, let's just, just buy a robot, Will. That's, that's the next solution. It says money can't buy everything. Yeah, Tesla bot. Tesla here bot. to save the day. <laughs> and then the other one was, I had accidentally said that it was is Amazon. It is actually uh, Alphabet, which is the... Google parent company, it's usually just referred to uh, as Google, 
they're about to reach uh, 100,000 drone deliveries. This kind of snuck up on me. We've definitely talked about it on the podcast before that Amazon, these other services are going to be using using drones, but it's it, it's happening. Uh, have, have you heard of anybody getting this delivered? I don't know anyone. Uh, who's, obviously, who's you and I out here, I can't imagine it's very cost effective, but you know, in, in San Diego, I could see it being being worthwhile. Oh, you don't think the hurricane weather is affecting the possibilities of having drone deliveries out in our area here? You, you don't think that's a, a little bit of a well, hindrance? There's not hurricanes every day. Yeah, on hurricane day, you can't use the drone, but I mean, even trucks and stuff aren't getting around too fast those days. It was funny having some deliveries being like anticipated delays due to weather. I've never seen that on Amazon, but I mean, it made sense. I wasn't like upset about it. It was more of like, all right, yeah, this is a real deal. This is an actual natural disaster heading our way. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, uh, it would be interesting to see. I would think with a drone, it'd be able to fly high enough that this wouldn't be an issue. But when I was in, uh, when I was in LA, I saw one of the small delivery pods, carts. I don't know exactly what you call it. It's maybe two feet by two feet with little wheels, and it's just going along the going along the sidewalk and stops at an intersection and knows when to cross. I, I, I don't know if someone's controlling it or how much AI involved and how it has to get where it's going. I had seen the advertisements. I think it's Domino's. I don't know if it's Domino's or Pizza Hut was kind of pushing that. But when I saw it, I'm just amazed that people don't mess with it and would mess with <laughs> the drones. And it's, I, I, I think like I'm a pretty reasonable person. And even I kind of just like a little bit had the urge just kind of just knock it over. Like, does it, can it, can it write itself back up? And I'm just imagining I'm a grown, I'm a grown person. But like, if you're a teenager, how are you just not constantly knocking these things over? And just, you're a teenager, you're just creating chaos. You know, you're out, you're out of the house, you're just wilding out and you're just knocking these things over just, just to be a dick. You're just a teenager, you're just a dick sometimes. Don't, don't you just, know, teenagers don't care about anything but wi-fi now like unless that thing can help them send a message somewhere or you know snapchat something they they really don't care i mean i'm sure there's gonna be How do you tons know so of, much about teenagers i i don't i just know that that was our mindset is we just like this stuff we don't like anything else interesting i don't know that's probably a bad take i don't know anything about teenagers it's <laughs> I don't know anything about anyone my age either. I, don't, I, I somehow managed to know nothing about anyone. Is this, what, what age did you learn something and you actually understand other people? Is, am I there yet? I don't know. I don't know. I suppose you got to read stuff. Yeah. Actually, you know what? We just we got about five minutes left here. There's one little topic that I should have I mixed in when we were talking about how long we've been doing the podcast here. You know, we've been doing it for, for almost six years now and in, in, in two months. Uh, tons of episodes. Lots of content on there. Lots of stuff. Uh, not a whole lot of unreleased stuff. There's probably a couple podcasts that went unreleased, but I, I bring this all up because I saw an artist the other day, Anderson Pack. He got a new tattoo. I don't know if you heard about this tattoo, but he got a bunch of wordings uh, tattooed on him, and then the wording reads, "When I'm gone, please don't release any posthumous albums with my or songs with my name on it. Those were meant to be demos and never intended to be heard to the public." He has this word for word tattooed on his forearm right now, and it's out of hope that no one will ever release the music if he when he's gone because we have had a lot of albums come out after the artist has passed and you just wonder would they have ever been okay with that song because you don't get the okay from them some songs i'm sure are polished off but i'm sure a lot of them are not 
I, I just thought it was fascinating. I've never seen anybody. I'm sure they have it in writing. This guy literally tattooed on onto his arm. Are you ready to get some tattoos, man? I don't want anyone to release any of our unreleased content without our permission. I, I think we need this kind of commitment. Well, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty positive tattooing something on you does not mean make that legally binding. I sure hope he's got that actually written down somewhere on more of a legal document. Wait a minute. I don't See, think we need to get tattoos. I think we just need to draw up a, uh, I guess it want to be a contract, but a legal document that says that. I don't know. I feel like I should be telling you, no, I'm the lawyer, you know, because I wrote this down. This is what I want to have. <laughs> it is interesting, though, the way you have a, a, a will and here's where you want your, your money to go. And there's how this goes down of now that we're in the digital age. When you pass away, like, what happens to your digital things? And you kind of do have to make a plan for that. And that would be one of the things is saying, hey, what is released is released. The stuff that's unreleased, that stays private. And that's uh, right in the, I, I, like I said, I don't know if it's a will or if it's something that goes, like a companion piece that goes along with it. I guess I'll do some research on that. Yeah, fascinating story. I'm, I'm a big fan of the of his artistry. He's a, he's a good artist. I... Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I, I don't. I don't like tattoos. I mean, I guess I don't. It's not even that I don't like them. I just don't have any interest in getting anything on me. If I had something and I really wanted, I'm sure I would get it. I'm not like opposed to it. Just until that happens, I'm, I'm not like rushing to the store and be like, I need to get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Yeah. Well, we got about two minutes left here. I feel like we got to a lot of stuff for again another slow news day, Zach. I, I feel like we we brought our A game once again. So we're professionals. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Oh, man. I can't wait to be wrong about all of this fantasy advice. I, I've been feeding Zach garbage this whole whole two podcasts here. It's starting to make so much sense, though. He's starting to actually agree that this is this might actually be true. This isn't just info. I'm just spewing out to him to misjudge and misuse. It sounds like great information. I, I agree with all of it. Man, you would I, never deceive the listeners like that. By the way, now is not a good time to bring this up, but last podcast, you said my only fantasy advice I can give to you is to draft the number one ranked player. And this podcast, you said you might have something else to offer, so you got a minute here. Do you have anything else to offer, or are we still sticking with, hey, you should draft the best player in the league. Your team will be really good if you can. That's what you should do. I'm sticking with that. <laughs> one Number one, first round, first pick. And I just told you what happened to me in my fancy embarrassing situation. So you better believe that I am not in any better of a situation. Yeah, no, that, that, that's good. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady's going to be really good too, guys. Aaron Rodgers, really good. Pat Mahomes, really good. Just in case you want to know some other oh, really I, good yeah, guys. You, did you, were you not listening earlier? I, I mentioned Pat, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I said he was really good. Way to play the yeah, favorites. I'm, I'm on top of it. Man, you are for sure a Duke fan. We'll be back next week. (laughs) (laughs) Little column A, little column B.